Hi, I'm Otto. Welcome to Ellen Sarah's podcast. Um, hi guys. We at Favorite Daughter, we have been well we have, a couple a couple of things. We have a gift for you. We have a gift. It's a gift. I mean, you still have to pay, but it is a gift. Okay. So we have something just for our podcast listeners. We will not be promoting this on tell our channels. I'm gonna tell you, we will not be promoting it on our channels or on Favorite Daughter channels. We are just promoting it on the world's first podcast, Instagram. We are giving you guys, just our podcast listeners, 50 percent off. Yes. That is friends half, and family sale. half off. We are including you guys in our friends and family sale. What that means is all of our, uh, spring summer stuff we need to move through so that we can bring in all the new fall stuff. Now the spring summer stuff is fantastic. It's pretty, it is split up in sizes. We don't have a ton, but what we have left, we wanted to give 50 off to all the people that have been so supportive of but us. But you have to go follow the podcast, right? No, you, well, yeah. I mean, look, listen, here's the deal. We can't like, like mandate that, but we, let's do the honor system here. If you go to World's First Podcast, go to stories, follow World's First Podcast. You will get the link to everything to that 50 is 50% off friends and family. Percent off. Right, it's Sarah, friends and family. More succinct with this. We started this with our, truly our friends and family. And now we're opening it up to you guys since we think of you guys as friends and family. Yep. You're welcome. We love you guys. So please shop, enjoy, and a lot of good stuff there. And now Amy Noble, the relationship guru expert that everyone's wanted back. So many requests oh my to God. have her this back. This episode is so good. She has such good advice. We Great love for her. a married, single, looking for love. Best relationship coach. Best relationship coach. Also, yeah. Okay. Just listen. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. You want to pin her so you can't see us? Pin her so, what do you mean? So I can yeah. see her no, more. No, I know. You just, her. you don't pin a lot of our guests. Well, she looks so cute. She does look so cute. Well, here's what we can say. It's been a year, first of all. It's been a year. Yep. And um, I got engaged. You got engaged. <laughs> I was just going to say, can you give us some of your personal story? But in terms of the podcast, uh, your episode is mentioned by so many women to us. And Amazing. even just the other day I ran into someone or I, I think I met someone and she was like, the dating episode changed my life. The thing that stood out to people like that I get here about the most is the advice that you gave about your dating profile. And that instead of putting <laughs> pictures mm -hmm. that would get the most people to swipe right on you. You want to put the pictures <laughs> that, that are specific, that are so specific to who you are that the least amount of people might swipe on you, but they are the people who are well matched for you because you're showing the truth that you live with nine cats <laughs> and a cat exactly. person's going to swipe right. right on someone's going to love you for those nine cats. Exactly. But if you're hiding the nine cats, then you can yeah. go on four dates with someone and then they find out you have nine cats and then they're they, super weirded out. They dump you. Yeah. You're saving 100%. people a lot of time. <laughs> so that changed people's lives. No, it's true. And it's all about, my work is all about just like being authentic and really showing who you are, like every single step of the way from the profile and way, way beyond. So the specific specificity, specificity, no specificity, specificity, wait. Specificity. Spe you guys, oh my God. Specificity. Specificity. Got it. Specificity. Got, Got it. it. Oh Being God. specific. You're, learning, oh you're learning so many new words, Sarah. Wait, what about the part about, and I don't know if you necessarily agreed with this part, but a lot of people mentioned the date like it's your job. 
I think it can go both ways. Yeah. I think we should discuss it because yep. I think that sometimes girls get yep. a little bit too um, procedural about it and yes. it can make a guy feel, um, listen, I can only, only speak from when I met my husband and he said to me that dating women in their 30 in their thirties, like really disturbed him because he felt like it was like speed dating. Like anybody could be in that seat. They just really needed a guy with these specific things on paper because they're desperate yeah. to marry someone. And he just hated that feeling of like, they just need someone to be in the seat. Oh you know? yeah. Just fill the seat. It starts to feel like an interview. So a lot of what I do too these days is sort of bringing back the fun. Like when was dating ever fun? I'm not sure it ever was. So how do we make it fun? Like, and by making it fun, inevitably, like you show, you shine through, you show who you are. So I think fun is so interesting. Like I have a handful of, of guys, friends who are in kind of like newish relationships. And I swear to God, the common denominator in the way they describe the women they're really into right now is she's so fun. Like it's intoxicating how, like she's just fun. And I think that that is a trait that we focus less on. Like, I think we focus so hard on like looking attractive because we want to be attractive for the, for the other and chosen. person. Mm-hmm. We want to be chosen. We want to be intelligent, all important. You know, that's important. We want to have our mm-hmm. shit together, but like we forget, like we need to be fun. We need to be oh okay. Gosh. But I feel triggered when you say that, because yeah. I remember from dating, whenever you were dating someone and you liked them and you're like, what is this? And they're like, I don't know. We're having fun. I'd be like, I'm going to kill myself. Fun. Right. Having fun means like, I don't take no, you seriously. Having fun is not the same thing as being fun. And let's let Amy analyze, analyze that. Exactly. So you can be both. You can be intentional about your dating. You can state that you want to find a partner, that you want to start a family. And you can show that you are fun, that you, because you know, I have clients take a core values quiz at the beginning of working with them. And it is sort of shocking how many people like humor ranks number one as a core value. And if we're super serious and we're so just like focused on getting these answers to these tough questions, then we're losing part of who we are and part of what matters. Like, I can't tell you, I have clients fill out a whole intake form. And when I see like favorite TV show and someone writes succession, I'm like, Oh, all right. We're not even talking about anything else. Like I just need to talk about succession. (laughs) And like, you can bond over something like that and talk for hours about it and just feel like, Oh my God, like a shared sense of wicked humor. Mm -hmm. Humor is number one yet. It was so hard for you to find a man. Like maybe you're not as funny as you think you are. Um, I think I was dating guys that didn't value anything, uh, anything, yeah. including who said if you are. But I will say that we always say that that you know I always feel like the root of romance is laughing together. I mean, For sure. you know, if 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 Simon's like you know all horned up and I'm like not interested, and then we're laughing together, I'm like, no, I could do it. I like you. you yeah, know you're great. I think too, a lot of couples say like when things aren't working, like we stopped having fun together. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. huge. Unless it's hard to have fun when you have, you know, conflict and like, you know, fighting and betrayal and these things that happen in a lot of relationships. And sorry, Amy, I don't want to skip past this. Can you please tell us about your year? Because you as the dating coach got engaged, which is great for business. Yeah. So Brett and I got engaged, which was magical and amazing. And Honestly, like we've both been married before. So for us to get another chance at being this happy, like we wake up every morning, we're like, 
we get to do this. Like we actually get to do this. And it's this sense of gratitude and giddiness. And I have to say, after we got engaged and you text everybody and I texted you guys and Sarah, your response was actually my favorite response, which was, you said, well, uh, there's proof there, proof in the concepts go for it. Like you're like, that's that, proof of concept. Sorry, like, yeah, because yeah. I'm sorry. You have fucking teenagers. Brett has <laughs> teenagers. Like this is the thing that women fear the most who are in bad relationships, who have older kids who are not in their twenties or thirties. They're going, I'm going to just stay in this relationship because I'll never be able to find another connection. I hear this all the time from friends and yeah. you guys are proof that you can find the greatest years of your life later in life. Not like you're 80, but like you're 40. <laughs> Tell us what's different the second time around. Like what makes it better finding love the second time? Well, first of all, you have to be brave enough to leave the situation you're in, not knowing what you're going to find. You might right. be alone for a decade. You might be alone forever. You, you know, it takes bravery and it takes some really deep soul searching to figure out who you are now and what you want and how you're going to find it. I remember, mm. you know, everybody said they would set me up and they never did. And I was walking around New York, like, okay, uh, Hey, I'm in Starbucks. And everyone's like, you fucking psycho. Don't talk to me. Like, how am mm. I going to meet someone, you know? And then I'm on the apps and I'm like, okay, how does this work? And there's this immense feel. There's this feeling of like, uh Oh, you know, I might be in this alone for a while. Mm -hmm. So getting really real with yourself, what do you want? What are you willing to accept? And for both of us, we were sort of unrelentless in what we wanted and it was a slow build and spectacular. So you're the perfect person to give women advice who are listening, who are nervous that they're at an age they did not expect to be single at that they're scared that they're not as desirable as the 25 year old someone could get set up with. And, yeah. and they're, they're, they're living in fear. You're anxious. You feel a little bit desperate sometimes or panicky. You're like, what's your, you know, you were in that exact position, right? Where you're yeah. like scared. Yep. You're not going to find it. So, and no one's setting you up with anyone. You're walking around New York city with like a freaking model right, on every corner. Everyone's thinking like, Oh, I should set him up with the 25 year old or the 28 year old. Like I'm not going to set him up with the 45 year old because what yeah. if he blah, 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 which I do think is shifting <laughs> and changing. And Sarah, I'm so sorry. This was a question for Amy. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm not a question for you. <laughs> sorry. No, it's true. It's, it's, it feels really, really scary. Like what was your mental state? That's what I want to know what your mental state was and how yeah. you stayed positive. I think at first my mental state was sort of really hopeful right away. I thought, okay, like I'm, I'm just going to find love. Love is just going to find me again and it's going to happen. And I think a lot of people feel that I get, I do information calls every week. I hear this all the time. Like, okay, I thought love was going to find me. Where is it? And the apps have such a stigma to them. And, you know, my message to women trying to do their second chapter is it's even better because you really, really know yourself and you know what you don't want. You know what you do want and you're more confident. It's like, turn the light on from the inside out and, you know, take a leap of faith. And it's, it's really spectacular. It can be, and it can be fun. Also that there's something too, I would imagine that when you lift the, like the, um, intent to have kids, when you lift that, when you come into situations where you already have your, your kids and your built in 
you know, family dynamics and it's just really about you two and then like blending the existing families, that has to also be a totally different less pressure. Yeah. It is. And it's funny, you know, when I was dating turbo dating, (laughs) one of the first questions I would ask is about how are your kids? How do you feel about, you know, what are they up to? Because I was looking for the specific like light in their eyes because I knew that like, I would never be able to be with someone who talked about their kids in a negative way or like, I'm so glad they're almost gone. I mean, you want that balance. I also wanted to find someone who wanted to prioritize this relationship above all else. So it's a tough balance, but we both were looking for the exact same thing. Like we love our kids. They're amazing, but you know, isn't that so interesting when people talk about their kids with anything other than And granted, I'll be like, oh, my kids are such a pain in the ass. But like there's something about men specifically, and maybe that is not a fair judge, you know, a a fair stereotype here. But when I hear men speaking about their children in anything other than like they are literally my world, I'm so grossed out by them. Yeah, I went on a date with a guy years ago who was going through a divorce and he had little kids. And I was like, how are the kids handling? He's like, oh, okay, they're fine. They'll never remember this. And I was like, right. Mm, yeah, I, I remember that. You were like, I will not go on it. That, that person is not for me. Yeah. He was like, uh, yeah. whatever. They'll be fine. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they'll be, they'll be there for the rest of their life. I don't really care. And I was like, you should be more concerned with what this divorce is doing to your kids. They're like three and four years old. It triggered me because we were three or four years old when our parents got divorced and it was hard. Right. And, you know, you want someone who, but that again comes back to lining up with your values right? Like, Oh, exactly. And what's your first date roadmap? You know? So if I have a client that was in my position, you know, what are the three questions you're always going to ask on that first date? For me, the number one question was, Hey, tell me about your kids. Cause I was sort of secretly looking for that gleam in their eye. The second question was always like, what's personal growth to you? Like I wanted someone who a has been through some stuff, but B can own it. And is coming out the other side a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Like someone who, a, a dude in their fifties, who's never been to therapy was never going to work for me. Yeah. So, so it's really thinking through like, who are you now? What matters to you? And not being afraid to sort of speak up right away. And again, infuse some fun, but, but really. You know, so do you think it's important to, and I don't remember if we talked about this before, but when I was single, I had a couple scenarios in my mind of what I wanted my marriage to feel like. I didn't know that that was like going to be part of my, you know, process, but I had like two different scenarios that I really thought about and pictured that would make me feel like I was in the right relationship. And I found the person that sort of fit those characteristics. Do you think it's important for women to figure out and really focus on what they want and be really specific? Cause I think, I know you're the expert. Wow. I was about to ask a very similar question. You were? Well, I was just about to say, yes, I was about to say, do you have to be specific about age? Like, were you like, I have to date someone in their fifties or do you have to be open? Because what if a guy in his thirties is someone you connected with? Like, should you be specific well, about age? Cause I was going to say that I think that instead of being like, I want someone who's six, two and has brown hair and like works in finance. I think it's important to say, I want someone who like wants to come to uh, dinner with my friends. I want someone who like wants to stay home on a Saturday and, you know, watch TV together or someone who like loves to go hiking or like someone who, you know, you have, you have to create a life together. And like, if you don't yes. want the same things, I remember in a relationship when I was younger, I said to my boyfriend, you know, I really want to have the house where like all of our friends always want to be at our house. Like we're like the main place that everyone wants to be. And he was like, I don't want that at all. I don't want people coming over to our house ever. And I remember thinking, oh, this wouldn't work because you don't want the same life that I want. 
Totally, totally. So the first thing to do is really check in like the bigger values. Like what are your top three big values? Like honesty, family, gratitude, personal growth, like those type of things are the big umbrella. And then I have like this post-date checklist, which has all the different lifestyle elements. You know, are you an indoor person, outdoor person? Are you quiet? Are you social? Are you, you know, how do you spend your money? Like all of these, how do you handle conflict? So it's like, so we have the umbrella values that you sort of lead with. And then as you date on your second date, third date, you sprinkling questions to kind of figure out like, oh, when's the last trip you, you major trip you took? What was that like for you? Or, you know, when's the last time you really fell apart? What was what happened there? It's like, so you're you're kind of peeling the onion as you go. And it's it is, it's really important. This whole like opposites attract thing is bullshit. No, like it actually is bullshit. I think if, it works for sexual attraction, but not like chemistry in a relationship. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I think that you need to be more like than you are not. But I do think people tend to skip over a lot of my clients. They tend to skip over the big values at the beginning. And like, for instance, I have a client, a male client right now who he, he's a, he loves sailing. And for him, it's really important. That this, this woman embraces sailing, but we have Brutal. to make sure. <laughs> Kill me. I can just picture a girl right now being like, yes, I love anchoring and the you know oh, what time are we starting tomorrow morning 5 a.m yeah got it, got it. Okay. Okay. okay six months later it's like i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna, gonna throw myself off the boat no i'm gonna literally i'm gonna sink the boat like what he's not looking i'm gonna go sink that boat <laughs> trust me i'm with you i can barely like do the doggy paddle but you know it's like we have to make sure we're we're not hyper focused on like the hobby stuff like maybe she's interested in learning you know maybe she yeah. doesn't wear a sailor outfit yeah no. you don't have to like do all the same so i'm not like going to like basketball practice with simon but i'm like have fun yeah yeah or you'll watch a game maybe whereas before maybe you wouldn't you know, you right, like but he wants it. this chick to like, m like, what do you call pulling it? Pulling the, pulling the, the, <laughs> the thing, like pull the line, pull the thing. Oh, the, open the sail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I know what you're trying to say. Microphone. Here's the reality. Every parent's the reality, worst nightmare, at least. Okay. Every parent is a bit of a stretch, but yeah. my worst nightmare is summer. Okay. Everyone I, you know, summer's so great. It's so fun. But when you have kids, you are constantly trying to find ways that they aren't just sitting and watching TV or looking at the iPad. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's great if you can go on vacation, but like summer is long mm -hmm. and you don't want to be that parent that just puts them in front of the screen, which, you know, is really, it's hard to, to fill the day. Mm -hmm. So, um, little passports is a very cool company. Actually, mom found little passports. She did. Yep. She got, she signed the kids up for, you know, she loves doing stuff like that. She loves finding yeah, things that's such a mom thing. where it's like a subscription. So you get things in the mail. So they'd go to the, you know, the mailbox and, Oh, there's like something here for me. It's really cool. Getting mail is very fun. Getting mail when you're a kid is, um, really fun. Really exciting. Okay, so little passport. It what it is is it offers globally inspired. These are like award winning kits. They are filled with hands on activities, games, and stories. Okay, all designed to like you know make kids curious and strike their imagination and adventure and science and all those things. Each month, a little kit comes, um, and in the kit is all the play based activities. There's interactive crafts, puzzle games, and stories to help you like learn, but mm -hmm. you know, it's also really fun. So like yeah. you can build solar powered robots. You can, um, 
create like mosaics. You play with like little animal friends and it's very cool. Yeah, they really are amazing. So for the listeners of the show, Little Passports is offering new customers 20% off when you go to littlepassports.com slash foster. That's 20% off when you go to littlepassports.com slash foster, littlepassports.com slash foster. Everyone uses Calm. I don't think we're really necessarily introducing our audience to Calm because it's it's the most popular, I think, mental health wellness Mm -hmm. app out there. But we're reminding. It's such a good one because they have so many different options. They have sleep stories. They have meditations. They have meditative music. They have music tracks that are curated. There's just, there's daily movement sessions. They just have all these different options. And it's the number one app in the app store for a reason. And um, it's just a great way to ground you. It's a great way to like, you know, so much of the things we talk about in our podcast is meditating, uh, manifesting. You put on a little, one of these, uh, 10, 15 minuters on here, and you can really tap into your goals. You can tap into the things you want out of life and you really need that calming space to do it. Yeah, and, and by the way, also have things for kids, which I think is so, if you can get your kids starting early mm-hmm. on meditating or just checking in or, or having, having like calming sleep stories for them too. Exactly. So that is, um, we love calm. So for listeners of the show, calm. Well, you calm. need calm. Okay. Calm is calm is is big for you. Okay, thank you. Less for me, more for you. I've got it. Okay. Uh, so for listeners of the show, calm is offering an exclusive offer of forty percent off a calm premium subscription at calm.com slash foster. That is C-A-L-M dot com slash foster for forty percent off unlimited access to calm's entire library. That is calm.com slash foster. It's a really good deal. Amy, I want you yes. to circle back to a minute ago when you just said what your male clients talk to you about. What do your male clients tell you they're looking for? What are they frustrated about in dating? Are they feeling like girls focus too much on their looks? Like girls like are too work focused? Are girls are too what what is the thing? Like what do they want? What are they what are they telling you? What are they asking for? So I love my male clients. I'm seeing, I'm getting more male clients recently. I think their ego sort of prevents them from asking for help a lot of times. So it's kind of nice to have some male clients in different like age categories too. I love them so much because they just want a roadmap. They're like, just tell me what to do. I'm like, okay. So in the banter, women love it when you ask them questions, it really drives them crazy when you just answer and then don't. So it's like, you know, it's more like, just tell me what to do. I I want to do the right thing. I think men are perplexed by filters. I think men- Filters like online? Yeah. Women who filter their pictures and- Uh, Yeah, because then they meet them in person. They're like, sorry, where is she? They're like, I want the filter back. (laughs) They're like, wait, (laughs) wait, we have to talk about that later. Remind, put a pin in that. Well, because she's in the middle of the thought. I think men are just trying to do the right thing. Honestly, they're, they're not as picky as we think they are. They just want a genuine connection, just like women do. And they just, so we work a lot on what questions to ask and, you know, how do you know if you're aligned with someone and, you know, again, stating what they want too. So. Do you know that men don't notice cellulite? Do you understand this? Do you know why I've pulled? Cause Simon does. Okay. Amazing. Well, he is 
I mean, <laughs> I've pulled multiple men because I'm like obsessed with cellulite. I'm like, oh my God, you, you really must are just obsessed be with cellulite. staring at my cellulite. And I've pulled men and they're like, I don't give a shit. If I see an ass in my face, I don't care. I'm not going like, oh, look at that cellulite. Like, I'm just happy to have the ass in my face. <laughs> no, they, they do not notice the stuff that we do at all. In fact, like most men, like they want someone that who looks natural, who makes mistakes, who gets embarrassed, who they don't want the perfect shiny version of, you know, who we think we're supposed to be. They don't want that. They want someone who's vulnerable. I don't think that women realize that men think you look fucking crazy with all the filler and all the surgery. Like men talk about it though. Men go like, mm -hmm. she. they would rather the wrinkles than looking like the cat lady. And we like, mm -hmm. cause I, I pull, oh. I, I pull. I like to know totally. like, the mind of a man. No, when, when, um, when Brett and I were early dating, I remember him saying like, oh, Helen Mirren, she's hot. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Such a good sign. Even though she's had a facelift for sure, but she deserves it. She looks, she's, like, she's like 80. She yeah, amazing. No, no, for sure. She looks amazing. Yeah. I like it when a guy respects natural. Some guys don't notice the fake stuff. What are right? you going to do? You're going to have to get a facelift when you're like 41. Why? Simon. Okay. <laughs> Simon loves a facelift. Simon's like, hey, Aaron. So I've just been thinking. <laughs> I made you an appointment with a doctor. You're like, but I'm only 40. Like, yeah, no, it's tough. I said to someone the other day, I was like, do you like it better when I'm a little like thicker and I have big boobs or I'm a little skinnier and I have no boobs? He goes, skinnier with boobs. <laughs> I was like, that's You're like, not wait, an that wasn't an option. I was like, that's literally not an option. <laughs> oh, God. So men, men are, you know, in the same position. We all just want authenticity. We just want yep. a genuine... Here's the thing. If we really boil it down, what anybody ever wants is to be truly seen and heard, period, end of story. I mean, I can't tell you how much I coach. Like my female clients will say, okay, well, what else should I be like looking for and asking and what should I look like and what should I seem like? And I'm like, how about some warmth and mm. some validation? Mm. Warmth and validation. Well, I think that's interesting. Warmth. And we've talked, I think we talked about this on the first time we had you on and Aaron and I talk about it all the time. Aaron and I were raised to believe that warmth was weakness and that if you wow. showed too much warmth, you were like a pushover or the guy would mm -hmm. be like, oh, she's such a, she's so desperate. Like, mm -hmm. like yeah. that is how we associated warmth. So we thought the way to get men to like us was cool. to be kind of bitchy, bitchy kind cool. of aloof, kind of aloof, mm -hmm. kind of cool. bitchy and it doesn't work guys. Doesn't work. That is not the route. I can't tell you how many, not how many, but like one or two men later in life have said to me, like, I really liked you, but you were so fucking cold. Like, I just wanted you to like, tell me how you felt. And going back to those times, that was the opposite of what I thought I should have done. Like, right. And by the way, that is flirting. Like I get the question all the time. Well, what, how do I flirt? How do I flirt? Like, here's a newsflash. That's what it is. It's touching someone's sleeve and saying, you know what? I'm sorry, but like your eyes are so green. I cannot concentrate. Like, or, you know, what you just said about your mom is so sweet. Like I've never heard a guy say that. I just have to tell you, I hope, you know, that's amazing. Like that's flirting, right? Don't be and, scared to let them know you like them. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, you don't have to marry this person. You don't even have to see them on another date. Just practice it with whoever you're with, just like you would a girlfriend, you would turn to your girlfriend and say like, I think you're amazing. Like the way you handled that job interview, I, I want it. That's amazing. Why not? Why aren't we mm -hmm. warmer with each other? And it's yeah. important to remember the guys like that. They yeah, need, men they need want to be too. loved and worshipped and adored just like we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes.
even more so. I mean, they're like children. They really just need that like warm, mm-hmm. val- validating hug, you know? What do you think the trick is for someone who is dating and they can't really figure out what isn't working, right? Like they they don't know why they're attracting the same kinds of people. Mm. They don't know why it's like, every date feels the same. Maybe, maybe they're not excited about the person. Maybe they're bored on the date. Maybe they like them too much. Maybe whatever the thing is, like we all have habits. How do you mm-hmm. figure out what yours is? Yeah, such a great question. It's something I work on over and over with clients. And, you know, I interview them. We really figure out what their patterns are. And so when someone says to me, like, I keep attracting this non-committal guy. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's like, well, hold on we need to look inward because there's something non-committal going on for you. Maybe you were scarred in a past relationship and you're so scared that you're self-sabotaging and, or you're choosing people that subconsciously they're not going to commit to you. So it always comes back to you, like looking inward and being brave enough to, to say, I know what I want and I'm going to go for it. And I might be rejected 25 times and that's okay. So if they can't go see you specifically, I guess probably therapy is the next best best option to have somebody there that is going to talk to you in an unbiased way and give you the truth about your habits. I think so. I mean, therapy is amazing. I also will say, you know, a journal, like journaling through your dating life, through your, it it is your best friend. Even if you're not like some people say, "I I don't like to journal because we are very selective with our memory. We're selective about you know, how we felt. And so to journal through and say, you, you will see the insights. You will see like, oh, okay, hold on. This is my pattern. You start to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. If you write down every time you get back from a date, that is interesting. Like tracking what's going on. And then you look back at it and you're like, huh, I saw the red flag on this one. I saw the red flag on this one. I kept pursuing. You start to see your own, your own pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And just becoming aware of it is really, really important. Yeah. And so how do you feel like, you know, there's a lot of people, I was going to say women, but I guess people who really struggle with self-worth. And I think it, it puts them in a very vulnerable, vulnerable position to be in relationships with people who don't value them. Mm, Cause it, yeah. you know, that's what they think they deserve. Um, what are your tips for helping women like who are struggling with self-worth, I think it's probably worse than it ever has been because of social media. And cause you're convinced that everyone else is hotter than you and in Italy mm-hmm. more than you are and richer than you are and cooler than you are. And it's like really hard to feel good about yourself. It is really hard to feel good about yourself. And that's one of the biggest issues that I find with clients. And so before we even go out into the dating world, it's, you know, literally, what are your gifts? What are your special gifts? Everybody has them. I can see them really clearly after I interview someone and I have them answer all these questions, but you know, whether it's like your sense of humor or whether you're really good at this particular thing, you know, your best friends could tell you like, why, how are you so special? What are your gifts? We do not see them. We do not embrace them. So that's number one is figuring out what makes you special. I love what you just said about best friends too, because I think your best friends see you the clearest. Your best friends can always sort of shine a light on all your best qualities and your, your, your bad ones too. But (laughs) I I love that. Like, I think your best friends who know you like 
like from the ins and outs, from the deepest parts of your soul, your best girlfriends, I always think like, go to them when you need to be sort of like lifted up when you need to be reassured, like go to your best girlfriends. Absolutely. And champion one another and, and, and know that those, you know, and highlight those special, like, don't be afraid if, if your best friend is like, you know, that you're funny, like, you know, you are nerdy and funny. And so that's, so go for it, lean into it. Like, I know like this is going to sound so nerdy, but like, so I'm a huge goofball. Like I would always be miscast in my dating world. Like, you know, the blonde, the, this, the, that. And so like for, for probably two decades, I've always carried a pair of like fake teeth with me, no matter where I go, because, <laughs> because you never know when you might meet them, you know? And they're like that really awesome. It's hysterical. Yeah. And so like they, they come in handy in every circumstance. And so my, like my best friends listening to this episode will be like, Oh my God, I can't believe she's talking about it. But not that I would whip them out on a first date, but like that was, that's such an element, like a Kristen Wiig sort of element uh-huh. of me that it would eventually pop out. And I would, I would tell them that I'm, I would say, I'm not going to show you, but I do tend to carry, you know, what's your weirdest quirk? Like I might may or may not have some fake teeth in my purse. <laughs> but like, what makes you, you, it's like, we, from the profile to in-person, we've got to embrace and lean into it. Like, again, use your best friend to tell you. We all have our quirks and someone's going to be into that quirk or not into that quirk. And you just, you got to figure that out sooner than later, right? When you started dating, were you like, cause you're like very, you're not one of those women that's like, doesn't talk about her age or anything. You're like on a, you stand on like a mountaintop talking about your age, right? Or no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And were you Absolutely. nervous about because I have a lot of friends in their 40s who are going through this now, who are getting divorced, all and they're like, should I lie about my age? Like when I go on the dating apps, or when I'm like, do I lie about them? And I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. <laughs> First of all, everybody does, and men do too. I have clients. The only time I allowed it, I had a like 85-year-old client come to me and he was like, he's like, can I just say like 78? I'm like, hey, you know what, Jim, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, that's really funny. But like, you know, I have I every single person who comes to me says, just so you know, I I really do look a lot younger than my, you know, I know we all we all think it, we all here's, here's why you don't want to lie because then you have to course correct and it sucks and it's embarrassing. And then it's like, then you wait three dates and then you're like, Oh, should I say it now? It makes you feel weird. They feel weird. Plus like you want someone who wants you just as you are the age you are with, with the, the references, the cultural references, the movies. Like if you start altering that and then you're, you have to like retrofit when you graduated in college. And then you're like, it, it, the whole thing falls apart. Like you really just want to own who you are. I, I think fifties has had a, re, a real rebrand. I swear to God, the women I know in their fifties are living their best. Yeah, because if Gwyneth Paltrow is in no, her fifties, then everyone's gonna be fine. Well, she's not fifty yet, but she is turning no, fifty I am. this year. No, I'm fifty. I'm fifty-three. Oh, no, you're fifty-three. No, she's she's Wait, fifty-three. 52, oh, 52. No, no, <laughs> but Amy, you know that you you, you need to write a book unreal. today calling I rebranded fit like rebranding fifties. No, but I, I think was, we are, so many women can. These I was days, just gonna though, say right? I wish they would take ages off of dating apps because the truth is. It's all about how someone feels to you, right? Like if you, if some guy clicked on me on a dating app and he thought I was 32 and then we're on the date and we're hanging out and he finds out I'm 37 in person, he's going to be like, 
whoa, I th- the, what I thought of in my mind of, uh, about 37 is so different than what it feels like sitting here across the table. I may not have swiped right on this person because the age sounded scary to me, but the person isn't scary to me. Like, wouldn't it be better if we didn't like judge people on their age? Yeah, I think we'd be all over the place because I do think like the cultural references and being in the same kind of sphere matters. I do. So, you know, I think a guy would feel betrayed. He'd be like, wait, 32, like you're not maybe not in a rush to have kids. I want to have four kids. I mean, a 37 year old cannot have. Well, I guess a 37 year old could have four kids. Listen, it's all fucking changing. Everyone's freezing their eggs now. Women are having children so much later. It is all changing. But I don't think the age I would want to know if a guy is 46 or 51. Like, I'd want to know. But why? 100%. But why? Just because it sounds different to you, even though it's not that different. Well, and you're looking at, you know, you're looking at your future. What can you do? It's like, it's not like lifestyle is an issue. It's like, there's a great office episode where Michael Scott is dating Pam's mom and he finds (laughs) out that she's like 58. And he's like, oh yeah, uh, no, (laughs) we won't be, you know, skiing together. Um, So it's just- that it does matter, but I do want to talk about like the pressure. Like mm. I have a lot of clients who are early thirties, mid thirties, and the pressure that they feel from social media, from their parents. So I do four information calls every week. They're free. Anyone can ping me and I'll s- schedule you. And we do an information call. I have been catfished by so many parents of the potential client. No. So So they literally go on and they say, oh, Alyssa, Alyssa's 32 from New Jersey. And then I call and I say, hey, Alyssa, how's it going? And she's like, yeah, it's Marsha. I'm (laughs) Alyssa's mom. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm not getting any younger, neither is she. Like, let's let's get this going. I mean, it it is stunning to me. And so I'm I'm like, oh, hey, Marsha. So here's how this works. Alyssa's going to have to call herself. (laughs) She needs to put on her big girl pants and want to do this. And she's like, yeah, let me just, I'll find out, you know, it's, it's, but it's starting to happen so much. And it's like, that's just so indicative how much pressure is out there. And and the pressure mounts to the point where it's really hindering the dating process because women feel like they can't be themselves. You know, it's, it's like, the clock is ticking and, and they're kind of making these weird concessions. Well, what's your opinion on people putting a lot of importance on what their parents think and what their parents want for them. Yeah. So I talk about this all the time and I say, listen, bless your mom. Like I have clients who their mom checks in every morning. How are, how's Amy and you, like, how's it going? Who's in the hopper? And so I have to literally shut it down and say like, this is a closed container. I love your mom. She sounds amazing. She's not part of this. And you know, she's on a need to know basis. And it really makes a huge difference because all of a sudden kind of that pressure starts to lift and then we do our thing. And I mean, it's a real, that pressure is, I hear it all the time. Well, not only that, but like, because of this stupid fucking biological clock, like I always think about the girls who are like 35 in a relationship, dating a guy, it's going great. Then they're 36, 37, 38. If he then breaks up with her, what the fuck? Like. We're seeing this, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. listen. Wait, sorry, what does this have to do with the parents? No, I'm just saying pressure. Like, there's just so much mm, pressure yes. in your 30s. Like, it's this fucking decade that is just so unfair. It's like Aaron always says, we need another decade. It's like- In between the 20s and 30s. In between the 20s and 30s. Yeah. There just needs to be this other decade because when you're 32, you're you're potentially not even in the fucking career you want to be in. It's still so young. We say this all the time, like- Girls that write mm-hmm. us who are 32, like so stressed, we're like, 
Do you know how young you are? Do you know how yeah. young 32 actually is? Yeah, but 32 becomes 37 really no, fast. I know. I know. Well, and like every single weekend on social media, every friend has a bachelorette and then the wedding start. It's like, it's this whole like just cottage industry and you feel like you just, you know, you snagged the boyfriend and now you're going to do it. And I mean, I'm living proof. I can tell you that, you know, at 25, that was a really, really good choice. But at 45, you know, you, you have to make sure that, you know, you're making really I'm conscious I'm sure freezing choices. your eggs has relieved some pressure. Cause if you're 33 and you're unmarried and you're dating, if you have frozen eggs, you can kind of date more, ca- more chill. Yeah. It puts less pressure on a little bit, a sure. little bit, not entirely, because then it's like, well, how many viable? And what do they I was think? just going to say, <laughs> the only thing is that people, a lot of women are being, are really misinformed and being told that that's a proper backup plan. But having like 10 frozen eggs at 33 doesn't necessarily right. mean you'll get any healthy embryo. Out right. of those. So you really don't know. And, and that's, what's tough Ugh. is like in your thirties, it could, you know, it's eggs are yeah. really fragile and you thaw them and like only six of them make it through the thaw and then only four become embryos. And then like none of them test well. Like, and then you, wait, is this a depressing nothing. episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So when you have anxiety, it really can shape your day. It can make your day pretty bad if I'm being really honest. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all looking for ways to have less stress, to be more present, to not carry that like voice on our shoulder, which is telling us lies. And Honestly, when I started taking CBD, I would say, I don't know, four years ago, it really did change things. But this one, so Ned is very, it's very different than other brands. So basically science-backed, first of all. Yes. So it's a powder, you put it in water and you, and you take a moment in the day and you do these different steps. You get present, you slow down, check in with your five senses, think positive, take a deep breath and say affirmations. I'm telling you, when you pause and when you stop for a second and you do these like little things, I get it. Not every day is possible, but it does work. Ned also has magnesium. No, I'm sorry. You're always, you cause you, you pass over things. Aaron and I tr- both take magnesium every single night. I think we can both say it has changed. I don't want to say it's changed my life because that sounds very dramatic, but it really has. It has my, yeah, but if your sleep sucks, your life sucks. So become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code FOSTER. Go to helloned.com slash FOSTER or enter the code FOSTER at checkout. That is H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash FOSTER to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Okay. Everly Well is a fantastic company. They have so many different health tests that you can do at home with these kids. You can do a food sensitivity test, women's health test, men's health test. They give you, they have supplements. It used to be, you had to make an appointment. Then you had to wait for that appointment. Then you had to drive the appointment. Then you had to sign all those forms. You have to sit in the thing, the, the waiting room, potentially you see people you don't want to see. It's just mm-hmm. annoying. Taking tests is annoying. And that is something I love about this company is that you can do it all from your bathroom Mm -hmm. at home and you get the same results. You get the same answers. Exactly. They confirm that I'm fully sensitive to eggs and I'm sensitive to cinnamon. So random, but that is weird. Very weird. Luckily I don't have cinnamon in my life very often. 
So for our <laughs> listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash foster. That is everlywell.com slash foster for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash foster. Okay, so, okay, by the way, speaking of being depressing, with all the stress we're talking about, let's go back to the intention of what we wanted to talk about, which is how can you make dating feel fun? Because it is really scary. It is really stressful. The stakes are so high. It is so vulnerable. It's just like- In your 30s or just in general dating? In general dating. I mean, just in general, it's like- you know, we don't have a choice. We, we want to find that person. If we're, if you're listening to this, you obviously want to find a person. And so how do you make it fun when you're scared to get rejected? When someone you don't like back wants to go out with you and you don't know what to do when you like are going on bad dates and it's discouraging to you and it's making you feel like this is what's out there. I don't want to date if this is what's out there. Like, how do you make it fun? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, I want, I really do want to talk about this because I hit a wall in my early dating where I was sort of like feeling the same way. Like, Oh my God, this just feels like a grind. I don't understand. And I really realized I learned the lesson that like, I can make it fun. Like the first step is like, go out, go out by yourself on a date and make it fun. Like Mm. when you can have fun by yourself and laugh at memes and like have a great (laughs) meal and like come home and be like, I'm awesome. Like, this is so fun. Like, how can we translate that into dating? So I always say like, there should be an intention for each date, you know, like date one is like a mini screener date. The intention is just to see if you're a bit aligned, you know, date two, we're going to talk a little bit about core values. Date three should always be fun. So how do you do that? It should be an activity date, right? So it should be ping pong or bowling or something that you can, you can talk, but you're doing something where you just feel like, you know, I think bowling is an amazing date. Cause it really like, it's such a layup for you to show like your fun side, right? Like your personality, maybe you're having a drink or two, maybe it's a group setting. It's also not embarrassing to be bad at bowling. Like like so many people are bad at it. But if you're good at it, it's like, whoa, she got a strike. Like, you know, there's just, it really (laughs) is such a good layup for, to show your, to shine a light on how great you are. Right. And also, you know, can you make fun of yourself? I mean, you're always looking for that. Can someone Mm -hmm. be self-effacing? How do they handle, you know, you beat them and then they're like huffing and puffing, but I think making fun an objective, you know, making it an intention, also asking certain questions, you know, like, again, what's your favorite funny movie that you can watch on repeat? Just figuring out what kind of funny that like some people just aren't funny, (laughs) but that's for sure. Or like, who, who were you as a kid? Like, who were you and your family? Like, mm, what cute. were you like? Um, you know, trying to tease out kind of, you know, again, lifting the masks, lifting the veils, mm-hmm. like just trying to dig a little bit deeper. It's really attractive when you can make fun of yourself. I think that that's important. I think we get really caught up in wanting the guy or girl to like see the best in us, right? And But I think sometimes you have to stop and go, no, it's actually very endearing when you go, Oh God, I'm really bad at this. I suck. I'm not that, I'm actually really clumsy. Like that's endearing. Like I think yes. when I was 20, I never wanted to say like, oh, I'm clumsy, but like that's- Yeah, but also like hot girls saying that they're clumsy is like really annoying. But you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, I think it's- <laughs> Oh my God, I'm such a klutz. I'm such a dork. <laughs> I, I, I was so lanky when I, I'm so tall because oh. I was so like- People always say how skinny I am and it really bothers me. I love when me. supermodels are like, I was called, they made fun of me. They called me skeleton. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Bloody Patty. Yeah, every so supermodel's like, I had a traumatic childhood. My nickname was Skeletor, bitch. 
bitch, no one wants to hear your sob story. Shut up. Yeah. So what about being but, so lanky and uh, no, and accident? I'm actually not klutzy. I'm actually very. Yeah, you're like not klutzy at all. I'm. I am not, but I have other terrible qualities. I'm actually a huge klutz, so I'm the hot girl who says she's a klutz. Right? What? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah! <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> I'm just thinking about you in high school. That's not how anyone would have referred to you. Amy's okay. so uncomfortable. This is, we don't, don't, it's all good. No, no not at all. I was like the it's hot hilarious. girl <laughs> No, I love that you own it. I, I totally can see it. Oh, but God. no, it is a it is a reminder to like it's not attractive when you're blowing yourself up and when you're like listing off all of your qual- great qualities. Like it's okay to lean into the bad yeah. ones because men, women, you know, they find that attractive. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's that's exactly right. I also want to say like, you know, one of the biggest things I hear just to sort of pivot a bit is, you know, people who are so frustrated with the apps like I just, I don't think they work. I think they're terrible. I mean, we got a lot of questions from people that sort of alluded to that. Like, you know what? Like, how am I supposed to deal with the apps? And the thing is, it's like, and it took me a minute to figure this out. You know, what if I told you there was this this magical island where all the single people were? You would like, you'd be like, where do, how do I get there? And I'll pay anything again. Well, they're called the apps, okay? But the reason that people get so frustrated with the apps is because they are devoid of the in-person energy that you get when you meet someone at a dinner party and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, positive or negative. And so, you know, we're trying to recreate that real energy with a picture and some words and it doesn't work. Literally, I hear it every day. Like, I'm not excited by anyone. It doesn't. Uh, so amazing people are all over the apps disguised in really mediocre profiles. Okay. Amazing people are on the apps disguised in mediocre profiles. And so if I can just hammer that through, it's like when you are swiping, it is literally just, are they in the zone or not? You know, it's, it, it's the Jerry Seinfeld principle that I talk about, you know, you wouldn't swipe on Jerry, but you definitely go out with him. And okay, so- this is a good segue into like, into, um, just fully cut her off. Oh, I did. Sentence. No, it was, I was going to talk even. about like filters and stuff about like how your mm. how your people need to stop using these crazy. I love a filter. Like I love a little subtle one. Aaron and I, a little accountability. Aaron and I nice. love the Paris. Give it a little, yeah, ju- like, just soften me a little bit, but I, yeah. it's my hell to see people in person have them be like, oh my God, Sarah is so whack in person. Like she's so pretty on her blah, blah. That is who wants that? Like yeah. so many people use these crazy people are, like, filters. Fuzzy. They like don't even have skin in the photos. Like, and then you see them in person. You're like, Oh God. Like that is not, I good. think a lot less people are using filters, at least in the dating world that I can see, you oh, know, cause I see, I see so many profiles. I think it's, it's becoming like less. Okay. Yeah. Chill on the filters and the dating profiles. I mean, you just, you just can't do it. I mean, mm. it's just, mm-hmm. it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go find some good lighting. Go find that sunset lighting, but do yeah, not use the just filters. Just go outside. Have go a friend outside. take pictures of you outside, just like smiling, laughing off camera. I mean, it's it's stunning to me, like how you know people find it so challenging. What do you think is the best way to combat um, a common thing that happens where um, someone starts to like someone basically just because he doesn't like her back? You go on a date. You don't, th- you don't know if you're feeling it, but he's not feeling you. And now you are like, well, then now I'm obsessed with you. 
Right. Like rejection is so like sexy to us. That might not be everyone. That might just be us in our fucked up ways. I think a lot of women have that. No, I think it's a lot of people. I think it's a lot of people. Again, my answer is what's, you know, this is probably a pattern that stems from past hurts. I mean, I always say like, if you don't address your past hurts and wounds, your next relationship will. Mm-hmm. You've, mm-hmm. you've got to take a look, just stop, you know, recognize the pattern, stop and take a look. And then it's like, of course, okay, well, my dad left when I was 13 or, you know, okay. So I'm, it feels more comfortable for me to try to get someone's attention in this way, because that's, you know, who I am and where I came from, but how do we then a recognize it and then course correct it. And that's the work. Right. Okay. That's good advice. And by the way, there are so many, I think it used to be that therapy and was really unattainable. It was really for rich people. It was for people that could afford, you know, 150 bucks an hour once a week. Like it was not attainable to everybody. And now there are so many ways for people to heal, to work on themselves, group therapy, apps, the books, therapy coaches, who the, the, ther- the therapy chicks, who are the girls we had on the podcast that are so amazing? Shrink chicks, the shrink chicks. The shrink chicks. Not the therapy chicks. The thr- shrink chicks um, who are fantastic. You should definitely, definitely, if you're looking into um, bettering yourself for that next relationship, talk to the shrink chicks. And they're, they're like affordable therapy online. Mm-hmm. There's just so many ways to start doing the work. By the way, if you can't if you don't even have an extra dollar, journaling, I think, is such a great way to begin healing. Mm-hmm. So journaling's the first step. There are books that are incredible. Yeah. There's a book called Already Enough by Lisa Oliveira. Mm-hmm. It is a fairly new book. I literally was ugly crying, like reading it. I'm still working on abandonment stuff. I mean, we're I think we're all in some continuum of healing, right? Um, so so I would I would say journaling first and then look to a couple of really good books that can help you start to like. That book is all about what story did have we told ourselves and how do we start to course correct and, and tell a different story and make braver choices. Mm-hmm. So it's it's totally possible. What's your advice? I'm curious what you what your p- opinion is on the difference between red flags and deal breakers. Like recently, a girlfriend of mine who became single, she was asking if I sh- if I if I would set her up with a guy friend of mine, and I was thinking about this guy friend, and I was like he's kind of a fuck boy, right? Like he's like kind of burns girls. He like ditches, you know, appropriately aged girls for like 23 year old. Ew. Sounds but, great. He sounds awesome. But he's also <laughs> like funny and a great guy and like successful and smart and cute and all these other things. And I'm thinking like, honestly, I don't really want to deter her because what if she's the girl? What if she can change that, him? It's not, I know it's dangerous to think about changing someone, yeah. but like there are a lot of guys who change for the right person because it just, it's a match and it brings out the best in them. And so then they stop fucking around. So do you think that that behavior is like a red flag? Don't go out with him or go out with him. Maybe you're the thing that, you know, is the difference. I think, I think, listen, from, from where I sit, my unscientific research, I think it's pretty rare. I think it's the exception, not the rule that you can sort of change a guy. I think, you know, we need to be aware of what our deal breakers are. Like if, if integrity and trust and honesty is paramount for you and someone has a history of cheating and they've done nothing to own it and nothing to change it, then I would say, of course, that's a deal breaker. You know, come back to me in three months. If, if, if you, you know, really like me and you're like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm now going to take a look at this, but we have to 
we have to stay true to that. I think women stay in situations far too long because they're convincing themselves that they can, they can save someone or change them. Absolutely. I just know so many guys who like didn't grow up and then they, I mean, Simon's one of them. Like he was, I remember asking a friend of mine about Simon before we'd ever even like kissed or anything. And I was like, Oh, do you know this guy, Simon? And she was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's cute. He's like, he's like a modelizer. He like clubs. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. And I thought, <laughs> okay, well he's a fuck boy, right? Like he's not going to be taken seriously, but then he grew up through our relationship. And I do feel like there are a lot of guys who, I don't know, they meet the right person and it just kind of straightens them out. Maybe. I think, I, I think if you look back, Simon probably was percolating a lot of these core values already. He probably, you know, was, they were there and the two of you kind of probably helped each other. Yeah. He's also surrounded by a father who is committed like you've never seen to his wife of 40 years, his brother who is committed to his wife of 15 years. Like he's surrounded by, by men that are good influences. And I really do think, I mean, maybe you disagree, but I really do think that that has to be a huge part of the kind of man you turn out to be and the kind of partner you turn out to be. Like, yeah, like if you're, if you grow up with a dad who's always cheating on your mother, that's got to like play a role. Of course, of course. Yeah, and that's part of why like in early dating, we want to ask about your family dynamic Mm -hmm. and sort of try to tease that out, you know? Like who's your role model and who who are you and your family and all of that stuff? Because of course, yeah. I also just want to say we have like 4,000 audience questions. I don't think we've gotten. No, I've been reading them. These are my questions. Oh, and all this time I was thinking you had good questions, but you're really just like plagiarizing. <laughs> you're like reading, you're reading. That's what our job is. I was literally sitting here thinking, oh, Aaron's like, you know, asking to really tough. And oh, that's a good one. Lie. One of them was mine though, but it, it was the one about. Um, well, everything I've been saying is from the heart. Okay. I haven't looked down at the fucking page one time. Um, no, of course I'm incorporating these. Okay. Questions. Can we get into this, which we have really been talking about, but I really do love this because because Aaron and I are not 20 and we do have speak for yourself. Okay. Sorry. But I do love this theme. It only gets better. I really, I really think this is important because I think a lot of women 40 and up feel left behind. They feel like their friends aren't going to set them up. They feel like, Oh, they're not going to set me up. They're going to set up Kelly who's 30, you know, and, and brute. And you're, you're just such living. How old were you when you met Brett? Uh, late forties, late forties. I mean, and and by the way, Brett is a catch. Brett is, I mean, an, he I is mean, everything. He, Brett yeah. is, he is rich. He is <laughs> successful. He is handsome. I saw him in person. I mean, we're forgetting. You I, had me at rich. I saw you guys in Hawaii. Trust me. You're not going to Lanai four seasons if you are not rich. And that is where I met. <laughs> Brett and Amy. Oh, Sarah, this is where Sarah, you, you found, you need to find someone who has the same values as you. You know what I mean? I know Tommy's <laughs> values are way too good for yeah, me. Yeah, you really do. Um, but like, no, but it's, it's true. And I, I cannot stand it when someone says, well, it's the best you're ever going to look. It's the, you know, youngest you're ever going to be. It's like, I hate it when people say well, that. Says who it's like, you know, knowing yourself and falling in love with yourself. There is nothing more attractive than that. So there true. is nothing. And it's, to me, it's just, I mean, I just feel so privileged to be in this position and, and to be able to work with people and help them get to that point because it's like society has, has really, it's it's brutal. Like, was was Brett dating women your age before he met you or was he dating younger women? 
Mostly my age. It's it's funny you say that because I was I did ask him that right away. I was like, huh, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. I'm I'm all about like, you know, just having that same reference. Women who you know. know who they are. Yeah. Because exactly. that's attractive. If I know. If you can't a lot talk of to your partner about Save by the Bell, then they're too young for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. If they don't know what the peach pit is, you cannot be dating them. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Exactly. It's so exactly. true. It's so true. I actually if do. They don't remember TGIF. They're too young. But I do think the 40s and 50s have been rebranded because I do think 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. Like a lot of my single guy friends now are open to to going on a date with the girl who's 46, the girl who's 50, where it used to be like, that was not- I think J-Lo and Gwyneth Paltrow have changed what we think 50 looks like. Sofia Vergara, Amy Noble. 100%. These are all women in their 50s who look better than the people I know who are 35. I, I do think it's a different generation and I yeah. think this it's going to only get better and keep getting better. I think, you know, the connections we can make with people can only get better. Sex can only get better. I mean, all of it. And it's, um, it, it's really, really true. We've got to sort of shed that old stereotype, but there's a whole lot of young guys that are a lot of young guys who are into like older women for oh, sure. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, uh, okay. This I, have, girl, I think I yeah. have a better chance getting like a 25 year old than a 40 year old for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this girl says, I feel like there are no good men left in New York. Should I move? Okay. Can I just tell you, this is my absolute favorite question in the whole wide world. Yes. You should move. New York sucks. There's nobody in it. Like, <laughs> no. So to me, this says everything about the lens through which this person. Cause, Cause if, I feel like New know. York's like a great place oh, to yeah. date. It's where you should be. If you're single, there is no better place to date than New York city because That's what I think you have to have a certain amount of, um, spark and energy and grit and wonder to, to, to live in New York city. Right. And so, and I feel like in New York, like guys value a girl with work ethic, people are busy. People have full social lives. They're not like sitting around waiting to hear from someone. Yeah. It's not a one industry town. I mean, I love LA, but it can be that right. So no, it's so true. It's like, I have one of my gay best friends, he, Charles, he, um, he just got into a, his like, you know, probably end end up with this person relationship. But I remember he would always say in LA, he's like, I don't want to date makeup artists and hairdressers. Like every gay guy in LA is a makeup artist or a hairdresser. He's like, that's <laughs> just not my vibe. I want to be with like a guy who's like a professional, like in business. I don't want to be with that. And it's so true in LA. Yeah. Like you get so much of the same thing. Yeah, that can happen in, d- in different cities. It's interesting. Um, a lot of tech in San Francisco or, yeah. but New York City, it's like, ah, oh. so when someone says, I hear it a lot, like, ah, oh, there's nobody good in New York City. I'm like, okay, sister, let's sit down and figure out what, what's going on for you. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's not the city. <laughs> Definitely. It's not the city. There's so many great people in New York City, but New York yeah. does have a bad reputation. I feel like, amongst, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of my girlfriends who live in New York are like, Oh, do you, is there anyone in LA? Everyone in New York's married. Like everyone in New York is married. I'm like, really? No. Yeah, no. So, well, mm. you got to call Amy, Amy Noble because she's got the tea. <laughs> she's got the tea on the on the singles in New York. Nothing makes me happier than talking about companies that we love and use. Okay, when I listen to some podcasts and they're talking about like products where I know no one is going near these products. I'm like, you're so phony. I love that we're not phony. We're so not phony. We love Bowl & Branch. I don't even need to look at the paper to talk to you about it. Bowl & Branch is 100% organic uh, bed 
you know, linens. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. One hundred percent organic cotton. No, because threads. I didn't know if I should call them linens because I call my bedding, but I guess you're no, just call 100% it hundred or bedding organic bedding. Yeah, okay, bedding. I used to say bed linens, but anyways, these um, we really try to bring you different ways to start living sort of a cleaner lifestyle and bedding is a great way to start people to this day still write me saying thank you so much for the bowl and branch suggestion it's now on every bed in my house we love this company it's just a good it's a good place to start in um, living that healthier lifestyle so bowl and branch uses the highest quality threads on earth okay these sheets are superior they are the softest sheets i've ever owned in my life not only have I bought them for my mother, this one sitting next to me, Erin, it's a great gift because it doesn't break the bank. It's a very, very, very thoughtful. They're also 100% free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no other harsh chemicals. They are so good. I'm obsessed. Well, I think people, people associate like, oh, really like organic, like clean bedding. I think people associate that with not being soft. And I think some of those companies really aren't. But Bowl and Branch has figured out how to be free of all the toxins, but also be the soft, like softer than. No, they're so good. Frette. No, you can say that. Those are considered softer. She'll probably edit that out. But I yeah. think you should keep it back in because I'm someone that's had bedding from all the best places you can imagine, and it's Bowl and Branch only for us. Wow. So get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code FOSTER15 at bowlandbranch.com. That is B-O-L-L and branch.com. You rolled your promo eyes code at me. FOSTER15. You rolled your eyes at me. I saw that. Out of the corner of my eye. Oh, well, don't look. <laughs> okay, Aaron's very passionate very about passionate. elements. I'm going to let you take this I one. am very passionate about elements. I am drinking it all the time now. I'm obsessed. With it. I've gotten all these other people. Can I say it. something? Yeah. I noticed a difference in your skin. No oh, really? Your skin looks better. And I was wondering, I was like, what is she doing differently? You know what you're doing differently, bitch? You're hydrated. Whoa. And I've been told you all the time. Nothing worse than dehydrated. Yeah, you always saying dehydrated. Skin. No, but the craziest thing about Element that I'm obsessed with. Well, first of all, obviously, there's no junk in it. There's no sugar. There's no coloring. No artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, none of the BS, all that stuff. That's obviously very important. But it tastes salty and fruity Great at the fruit. same time. Well, first of all, element, it's, it, first, it's an electrolyte drink. So people are probably like, wait, okay, get to the land the plane here. What is it? It's an electrolyte drink. And there's a million of them on the market. This one, I'm telling you, it, this is the one Tommy likes. Tommy's an athlete. He goes, he sweats his balls off. Can you just, I don't know if you can say balls. Um, and this is the one that he is now going to, okay. So here's the thing. You really need to have the right ratio when it comes to these electrolytes to make you feel good. Okay. This is a science backed ratio. It's a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium. This is what people don't realize is that sodium salts, like mineral salts, it is so important to replenish your salts. That's yeah. how you hydrate your body. So it yeah. tastes salty, which is so bizarre, but it's but actually you hydrating you. And I'm like addicted to the taste now. Yeah. And you have to, it's a real, it's a drink mix that you can really be, um, you mix it with water. Yeah. It's a drink mix that you should really be using honestly every day. And I, 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 I notice a difference and I think, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I've been using it every day. Well, it's because there can, you can have so many issues when you're dehydrated and you don't even realize you're dehydrated. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That is eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash foster. This deal is only available through our link, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash foster. Element offers a no questions asked refund. Okay, here's a good question. And I think it can mean a few different things. The question is, how do you know when to give someone another chance? And I want to ask it in two different ways. One way is it could be someone has fucked up, right? Like they, um, you know, I don't know, they bailed on you at the last minute or they didn't call you when they said they were going to, or like they did something that, I don't know, maybe triggered you from the past. Um, so there's, that's one version of giving someone another chance. The other one, and, and, and I don't know if you and I have different opinions on this, is you have a first date with someone and you don't think that you're into them and they want to go out a second time. When I turned 30, I made a decision. I will not go on a second date that I'm not excited to go on because I think a lot of women get kind of bullied into going out with a guy again because they're so... It, they have such an instinct to pursue that they push, they push, see me again, let's go here. And you get like pushed into yeah. it. And then you're like, why am I going on a date with someone I do not want to see again? And it's like, creates a lot of anxiety for women. So I don't personally believe in doing that, but I don't know if you have a different opinion. When do you know to give someone a second chance? Okay. So we'll start with, with what you just said. So I do have a slightly different opinion on that. I think, listen, if it's a full body, no, like you go out with someone, you know, from the first 30 seconds, you're like, Oh boy, I could never picture kissing them. There's no way. Then don't go out a second time. hundred percent. However, very, very often people are nervous on a first date. They're not, they're, they're wearing 18 different masks. You don't know who they are. They're trying to be who they think you want them to be. And so if, if there's any sort of like any kind of thread of connection, I say, yeah, go on a second date. It's okay. Uh, I fell totally in love with somebody who I was not attracted to the first two dates. Mm. Yeah. It happens a lot. I really was. I was forced to go on the date by all my friends who were like, you need to get over this guy, get over this guy, go on a date with this guy. This guy will help you get over the other guy. I'm like, no chance, not attracted, not my type. Went on the date because I was forced. Eh, it was fine. Whatever. Second date, okay, maybe I like them a little more and eh, still really don't want to hook up. And then like we're together for a year. Was it his Oscars that sent you over the edge and made you interested? I mean, that helped. Yeah, didn't hurt. That didn't <laughs> hurt. That no, didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. So, so I so I say, yeah, if there's a thread of anything, you know, you can fall in love with someone's brain. You can fall in love with someone's humor. Now, to the other issue, is it a mistake someone's made or is it a pattern, right? And so how do you know the difference? So if someone, you know, cancels on you 20 minutes before your date. You're already, you're sitting at the cafe. They, he literally cancels. It's like, oh my God, traffic. Sorry. You know, you, you walk out, you're like, forget it. If he comes back to you and says, that was so unacceptable. I am so sorry. I, I really, let me make it up to you. You pick the restaurant. I'm going to come get, you know, whatever it is. He's, and he keeps his word, his actions and words match. Then that was a mistake. Right. And so we can give I would say, yeah, let's give him another chance. He's showing up as this really great guy. Let's see. But if someone flakes on you twice, but he's super hot and you really, oh, you know, and so you, the third time you're like, okay, he asked me how to get, no, that's a pattern. Yeah. yeah. You're falling into a pattern. Don't do that. Also, I'm sure a lot of the things that hurt our feelings are 
sort of triggers from past relationships that we're putting on this person. Like one of our best friends, Sarah and I, she recently went on a date with a guy, had a great first date and he asked her out for a second date. Hey, go out to dinner with me next Wednesday. And she was like, okay, cool. Thursday comes around Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's already Wednesday again. She has not heard from him once that whole week. It's Wednesday. And now it's like 2 PM. She calls me and Simon and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? This fucking asshole. How rude. He just like, just texted me at two 30, like see you at the restaurant. She was so fucking over. She was so pissed. She was so mad. She's like, I don't want to be this. Right. And Simon was like, I oh, shouldn't have said her name. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a fucking amateur. Well, Never go live okay, with Aaron. Okay, we'll bleep that out. Never go live with Aaron. Okay, Simon was like, mm. Simon was like, mm. he was like, pull your shit together. This is not that big of a deal. Let give him a chance to explain himself. Go on the second date, see what happens, and then reassess. You're really triggered by your last relationship because her last relationship was somebody who was like really flaky, disrespectful, all these things. She goes on the second date fully calls him out on it. He's so accountable. He's so apologetic. He didn't realize that it offended her. He, he sort of thought I made the date for Wednesday. Like see you Wednesday. Like, well, and that was the advice I was giving. I was like, dude, you're, this is not your boyfriend. Like yeah. you make a plan, you make a date. You might not be the only one he's on a date with. Like right. you don't have to check right. in every day since then you make a, you guys made a plan. The point is, is that they're still together. They're really in love. She thinks he's her person and she's Amazing. so grateful that she pushed through that awkward thing where you know, it could have been him being rude and it could have been him not knowing what he was supposed to do. But what is your advice on what should levels of communication be in the very early stages of like dating? Yeah. Yeah. So I, my advice is, listen, we have to assume that everyone's dating lots of people. That's we're dating lots of people. They're dating lots of people. However, you know, if, if it's, if you make a plan, it's Sunday, you make a plan for Wednesday, do not wait until Wednesday day at 1 p.m. to confirm and say, oh, here's where we're going. At, at least like a couple days later, check in, say, hey, how's this plan? How does that, you know, and then I'll talk to you Wednesday morning, you know, just a little bit more. Okay. So if you make a plan on a Sunday for Friday on Wednesday, maybe say, hey, just checking in that Friday still works for you. I made a reservation. Yep, no, that's a good question for you, Amy. So you're the girl, the guy asks you out for four days from then. You haven't she heard from him. It. She just answered No, no, it. but what do you do as a woman in that situation? Let's say it's 1 p.m. the day of the date. You don't know if you're going out still, when you're going out. What do you do? As a girl, do you so, text him? No, so you have a cutoff time. Like it's usually one or two that day because your time is valuable. So I usually, you know, we, we call it. We're like, all right, it's going to be 1.30. Two, two o'clock is our cutoff. And no, we're not going to, we're not going to chase. I mean, if he comes back, he comes back. 50% of the time they disappear. They weren't ever going to make, you know, follow through on the plan. So sayonara, like see ya. And the other 50% of the time, it's like 4.30 and he's like, oh yeah, gosh, wait, where should we go? What do you think? You know, and then you just politely come back and say, oh, you know, I actually made other plans. I hadn't heard from you. If you want to make another plan, let me know. Mm. Okay. So you don't text the guy and go, hey, just checking in that we're still going out tonight. I mean, some people do. I, I but statistically it just doesn't seem to you know, they're not, they're not serious about taking you out. They're not serious. They're not at the level. I mean, 98% of everybody I work with wants a relationship. So, you know, you're looking for the signs. You're looking for someone who's courting you, who's showing up at the bare minimum. Guy is serious about dating you. He is going to check in with you more, more than four you. hours before the date, right? He's going to make to sure confirm. you're Absolutely. Yes. I don't care if he's hang gliding. He'll like text you really quick. It's so true. <laughs> it's so, when a guy wants to get a hold of you, I love when girls are like, I think he's just like really busy. No, no. 
just to your point, if he's hang gliding and wants to talk to you, if he's parasit, if he's jumping out of a plane, wants to talk to you, he'll find a way to get a hold of you. He will. He'll use like the voice that, you know, Hey Siri. Yeah, absolutely. Always. (laughs) It's so true. Oh, how to date a single mom who has limited time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have quite a few clients who are single moms who come to me and again, like are looking for that real next chapter. And yes, it is still, I always say it's a side hustle. It is. It's a daily like swiping and talking side hustle, but we really can be mindful of our time. We can be mindful of even in the banter, like when you're on an app, when you're in the banter, like you can be asking thoughtful questions, you know, so that you're not just sort of like tooling around. I mean, it's so hard to know. So you're asking questions right away. Like, Oh, I see you're, you know, a consultant. Are you passionate about it? What, what do you, you know, do you have kids? Like, so just starting to sort of weed through faster, you know, and having certain kind of like qualifications along the way. Do you think it's good to do like a FaceTime or zoom before a first date? I think that yeah, it's so for, for her. That's perfect. Like I, I recommend that a lot. So you do a 30 minute FaceTime just to, you know, see if there's any sort of connection. Do they look like their pictures? Are they showing up? Can they speak? <laughs> you can tell it. a lot. I think in on a 30 minute FaceTime, you can tell a lot probably on a 10 minute FaceTime. Yeah, if you're like you going to have a romantic yeah, connection, I think so too, you can get a vibe for them. Okay. Here's yeah. an interesting question. Cause I talk to people about this a lot. How early should you feel that he's the right one? Does this feeling always exist? Again, you're Ugh. the expert, but I love to pretend like I am. My opinion on this <laughs> is that everybody is looking for something different. And some people are in a relationship and you're like, Oh my God, this is the, the like storybook romance I've always wanted. Some people are in a relationship with like, this is the partnership that I always wanted. This is the friendship I always wanted. I think that like, it's always dangerous expecting your relationship to feel like somebody else's because everybody wants something different. Some people want passion. Some people want companionship, right? Like it doesn't have to look like one thing to me. No, I agree. And I think part of that question might be getting, trying to get at like, cause I get this all the time. Like, when do I know he's the one, like, you know, and, and it's so common for women to go on a first date even and play the tape. Like they're naming the children, they're playing the tape. They're sort of like checking the boxes. And then by date three, they're crestfallen when they realize like, oh my God, like he's a serial cheater. Like he's never even been in therapy. So, and so my, my answer is this, that first of all, we are never, we were never taught how to intentionally choose a partner. So Walt Disney, Disney, like for all of its wonder kind of screwed us over because, you know, in seventh grade, we get starry eyed over Bobby and we're chasing that feeling. And we don't, we're picking out our wedding dress. Yes. And we're just, we're, we're sort of like letting all the other things slide in terms of who they really are, their core values, you know, all of the things that really matter. And that takes time. So you need, we need to give it time. But I think it's hard to be in the moment, not planning your wedding, right? Like, especially women that feel like they're in a hurry. Like, how can you just be in the moment on these dates without like stressing the hell out? So I always say to my clients, like, I know how hard this is, but if you look at this, like, this is a human connection without expectation. And I'm going to learn one new thing. And every mini date. I, and I, and that took so much pressure off for me and for my clients. And it's, it's hard. Cause of course, in the back of your head, but like, you know, throw your hair in a ponytail, go to the coffee shop, get an early drink. We're not, you know, doing the whole thing. And 
you know, you're probably going to go on 20 like eh, dates, you know, before you go on another one where you're like, oh, okay. So let's try to dial it down just a little bit. Okay. How much pre-vetting should you do? I'm talking about like the app thing. Like how much pre-vetting do you do before you meet someone in person? Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Like, I think you always assume like you might get murdered on one of the apps, you know? Right. Right. So the first thing to do is, you know, someone, they, usually people list their job. So, and not, not in like a way of like, oh, I'm trying to find out what they make, but more like people will unfortunately like be dishonest. So they'll say consultant. And then you realize they've been living on their mom's couch for two <laughs> years. Right. So like, so you want to get consulting like, for his mom. Yeah. You know, mommy issues. Awesome. So, you know, so you, so just qualifying the job thing. Oh, you're in advertising. What do you do? Do you love it? Are you passionate about it? That kind of thing. And then do you Google? So, so, yep. So you have a little bit of banter and then they're like, oh, Sarah, you know what? Let's take this off the app. Like would love to get your number. And you're like, great. What's your last name? You know, I always ask, and it is stunning how few people ever ask. I mean, it's stunning. So 20% of the time, someone will just disappear when you ask for their last name. So that's like a bullet dodged. Whoa. Awesome. Jesus. Yeah. Because they don't want to be Googled or because they're yeah, there's something they don't, murderers. you know, something, maybe they're married. Maybe they're just like, you know, who knows? We, we don't know these people. They could have 12 wives in Utah. We don't. The other, maybe there's like, I don't know, whatever percentages, you know, get defensive and kind of mean. Um, what do you mean? I, I'm not going to give that to you. You're like, delete, you know anger issues, defensiveness, something's Ooh. off. What you're looking for is someone's like, oh my God, great question. I'm an open book. Awesome. You know, good for you. You want to be safe. Google away. I mean, that's what we're looking for. So um, it's often very uncomfortable for my clients to ask that, you know, when they, they have to get used to it. interesting how you're just going out with a guy named Craig. You got no idea who Craig is. Oh, no, no. You cannot meet anyone in person whose last name you do not know. And, and they check out because a lot of times it's like, you, you just have to Google them quickly and make sure Is everybody out. on Google. I think everyone's on Google, right? Like, or not really. If, of LinkedIn, if they're not, then you cannot go. Okay. Okay. You'll, you'll find something. I don't care if it's an old Facebook, you know what I mean? It right. doesn't, something, <laughs> something. If, or like a LinkedIn nothing, entry that shows that they're a yeah, real person that has a real like, job. How many like Craig Anderson's are there? Like a million. So like, how yeah. do you know which Craig well, Anderson it is? Oh, cause you've seen their pictures. You've, you've, you've seen the pictures, you've qualified the job. So you can say like, you know, In international city. finance, Craig Anderson, Portland, Oregon, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you'll get there. You'll get there. What is your advice? I think on- apps should have references. Sorry. I, I didn't someone have an idea for an app where like X's nominate you. Great. It was, it was a smart app that just the tech wasn't very good. So people couldn't use it. Very it well. is a good idea. Do that? I like yeah. that idea. It is. Well, a there's good also idea. an app I think called plenty of fish. And I think that's, it's like recommended from girls that you, you know, now like that's what I want. Although then you're like, well, why are you, he was like, so lame. You're like happy to see him. No, happy I think it's good else. to have a girl be like, Oh, we weren't right for each other, but, um, okay. Um, Amy, what is your advice to women? And do you have rules about when to have sex? Yes, I love this. Yeah, she says no, she doesn't let you on the first date. I remember that. Well, first date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did mention this, but so they're loose rules. I think I think slower is better always. Um, First date is a mini screener date. So don't, don't, just maybe a hug. I don't know. Don't kiss. Second date's your real date. Go on a nice dinner date. If you want to kiss, even make out a little on the street, that's fine. Third date. No one's going over to anybody's like apartment or house. No, you can make out a little bit if, if it's going great after date three, I don't care. Don't want to see it. It's fine. Do whatever you want. I just think 
so many people, I think I read a study, like most people, like most, like the, the sex happens on date two. Mm. So it's like, we we just have to slow it down because, and you have to know yourself. If you're someone who gets really attached to someone very quickly after you have sex, like then slow it down. Women are so scared to say it. It's like, I coach it all the time. It's like, they're like, well, what do I do? What do I say? And just say, listen, you know, you're kissing, you're making out and he's asking you up for another drink. And you say, you know what? It sounds awesome. I actually move a little bit more slowly. So, you know, if you don't mind, let's like call it a night. If he doesn't respect that and he gets huffy, then he's not your person. Yeah, I really agree with that. No woman really wants to. I mean, maybe some who are just like horny and like need validation, but no woman, I don't think by the second date, like genuinely feels connected enough to want to have sex. No, I Mm. think for a lot of Mm, women, like, yeah, I think they think they are. They think they they think they are. I think think they're connected. It's like the thing you were saying earlier when you are planning your life on the first date and think you're going to be together forever. And then three weeks later, you realize he's a serial cheater. You don't really know someone in the beginning. And so I look back at my dating and I'm like, oh, I would go in so fast, so hard, so quickly with somebody. And then I, you know, sleep with them to get to know them. Like that's like how we would get to know each other. And then two weeks later, I'd be like, I hate this person. Why did I sleep (laughs) with him? I can't stand him. I never want to talk to him again. When I slept with him, I thought it's because we were getting married, but I only knew him for 12 days. And you're like, yeah. I look back and I'm like, these are not people. You should write a book on like what not to do. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> There's so many books on what to do. You should do like, hey, don't do don't anything. Don't do any of these things. No, but I think <laughs> as women, like book. we get don't scared. Like I never wanted to seem like immature because when you're young, you're like, no, I'm not ready to do that. And then I'd be like, I don't know. I'm 33. Like I'm allowed to, I can do whatever I want. I'm an adult. I'm a woman. Like this is how I'm claiming my power. But when I look back at the truth of those situations, I didn't feel very powerful. I was using that to connect and using that to be seen and using that to get attention and using that to like feel special. And I didn't want him to be like annoyed and move on. And those are not good reasons. What do you think the percentage was of sex that you had that you didn't want to have? Not like, you know, not consensual because it was consensual, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying like, I mean, I'll, a lot like 50. I don't know what a percentage. I mean, doesn't want to have, could mean a lot of different things. Like I don't, I think that if if I could go back and redo it, it, the list would look very different is what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think I work with clients a lot too. on like, we are conditioned to mirror the other person. So whatever, if the, if the other person's ready to talk about something, great, we'll talk about it. If they're not, we won't, if they're ready to move forward physically, we'll do that. And so we've got to really take our power back. We are allowed to pump the brakes. We're allowed to say like, Hey, you know what? I actually my ideology is a little bit different. I move a little differently. It's okay to, to speak up and use your voice. And it's just surprising to me how few women, you know, are just conditioned to sort of like go with their, you know, their tempo. Yeah. We talk a lot about red flags, red flags, red flags. We know them. What are the green flags? What is like, he's the one, like, or she's the one, like what are green flags? Yeah. I love this so much. I love this question. This is an example. I have a client who is in her early thirties in New York city and she's dating this guy and she has a history of sort of, you know, relationship trauma with some dishonesty and things. This guy is a great guy. I mean, unabashedly, he is a wonderful, wonderful guy. He's right around her age, early thirties. And of course it feels uncomfortable for her because he's a nice guy and he's doing everything right. 
this is such a seemingly small example. She was having a, she's been having a hard time sleeping at night. And so he showed up to a date with a sleeping mask. He had done all the research and he was like, oh my gosh, like this is for you. Cause I, I think you should try it. It's, it. it's supposed to be, it's ranked as like the best one to block out the light. And, you know, so she wouldn't get headaches. I mean, this is just one of those examples, but someone who truly, truly wants to make your happiness their own, you know, is really, that's one example of one of those traits, like someone who champions you, like it might seem small again, but like, how was that meeting? I know that you were stressed about it. Can we talk about it? Tell me, how was your boss? You know, what'd she say? It's like, um, it's that it's the, the qualities you have in a best girlfriend. It's someone who champions your happiness. It's all of those things that, you know, we can suss that out pretty early on. And we tend to sort of go for some of the other things first. I do think that's so interesting. The qualities you have in a best girlfriend. It's like, that's so true. It's like your partner should be your best friend. Yeah. Like that should be the goal. They should be your best friend and they should be, you should each be championing one another's dreams, like hopes and dreams. It's not about control. It's not about, we are one. It's like, no, you're two amazing independent individuals with hopes and dreams and supporting one another. So beautiful. Yes. This is a really good question. I met a guy that I really connect with. I heard through friends that his last breakup was pretty messy and he handled it horribly. Can people change and be different in different relationships or is this a red flag? Okay, so here's the thing. If you can own your stuff and take active steps to change, like AKA go to therapy, talk it through, why am I cheating? What's going on for me? If if he's someone who can do that, of course, everybody is capable of change, right? So you have to just go in, go in hard, ask the hard questions, find out, is he that person or not? And if he's like, no, 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 I'm good. It's like, there's three sides. I think it's dangerous. Well, I would say you hear that and like, you should pay attention to it, but I think it's dangerous to have someone's ex define who you are because I've been in relationships where I'm done with the relationship. He won't accept that I'm done with the relationship. He has and tells ang- everyone you're crazy. Exactly. He has anger problems. Sure. And so he's like, you're dead inside. You're a monster. You're <laughs> awful. And I'm like, cool. He could meet, you know, some guy I go on a date with and be like, Aaron is devoid of emotion. She's a mo- whatever. And like, that's not who I am. That's just who th- he thinks I am. Right. So, right. So that's a little different. You have to do your investigative work, figure out, are they really this person? Do they have bad patterns, habits, that kind of thing. So a person's sure. reputation is important, right? Because I, I think it is important. I think so. I think, I think it's, it it is true. If you're getting the same stories from different sources, then quite often that's, that's the case. But again, don't be afraid. Just go in and say like, and I coach to this, like by date three, you should be asking why did your last major relationship end and what was your role in it? Okay. That's so important. I love that. And I think women are afraid to ask that because like, I know I never wanted to ask too many questions about the ex. Cause I was like, I don't want to awaken the sleeping bear. Like what if he still has feelings for, I don't want to talk about yeah. exes. It's a scary thing You're to very ask. Triggered by exes. Yes. It's I, a scary thing to ask. And by yeah. the way, if someone says like, you know, starts to tell you horror stories about this person and how it was her or his fault and they take zero ownership, run the other way mm. because we all have, we all have a part in it. Yeah. We all have a part. We really do. This is important. I don't, but most people Run do. the other way. If you ask on date, what date can you ask? Date two, date three about yeah. next? Two, three. Mm-hmm. Two or three. Like what was your last relationship and like, what was it like and how did it end? And if he speaks terribly about her, I think it's a bad sign. 
Mm. A guy shouldn't Wait, speak disrespectfully about a woman. What if she was horrible, though? Then I think you should say, you know what? I didn't love the way she treated me. It just wasn't really, it wasn't a match. Right? I, I would agree. I think in some circumstances, the story is like, woo. But again, yes, it's, it's, it's the same, it's the same parallel of how they talk about their children. Like you can, we can all come up with terrible stories about our kids. Right. But like, how are you choosing? It's a respect issue. Yeah. Like, you want oh, a guy you know, to say like, was, you know what? We didn't have the same has, values. Yeah. I don't think men understand issues, but what whatever, a turn off yeah. it is when they talk shit about their ex about it. By the way, same in reverse. Men say all the time, it's so gross when women are like, oh my God, your ex, Cindy, was fucking brutal. Like she was so blah, blah, blah. Like we think that that we're making them go like, oh yeah, she was brutal. But really all we're doing is making mm -hmm. the guy be like, you're so insecure. You sound so stupid. There's nothing more powerful than being like, I saw your ex, Cindy, the other day. She really is beautiful. That's not going to make your guy be like, oh God, she is beautiful. I'm going to run back to Cindy. It's just going to make him go, I love that you're so secure that you say that. Exactly. It's like confident and sexy. Yes. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. God, I give great advice, huh? <laughs> I really am. I really <laughs> <You> do. do. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. This is an interesting one. Okay. I have teenage kids. Dating apps are horrible. Where do 45 plus year olds go out to meet real men? Okay. So first of all, it's that same thing of like, okay, we're throwing the apps under the bus. So I would say like, Bumble and Hinge are your friends. Try, just try to get on them. Um, but I do think, you know, go where your audience is going to hang out. Like, is it a sporting event? Is it a concert? Like go, you know, go to the Apple store and hang out and work for a little bit. Like there are ways to meet people. And like, I don't care how my clients meet Like once the light bulb goes on and you're like sparkling from the inside out and, and you're like, oh, okay, I got, I, I know how this works now. Like I need to sort of like shine my light and be interesting and talk to people in my life, then it's possible to meet people. Can I also say like in your early twenties, be open to the nerd. Okay. Because let me uh, tell you something. At any age, any be age. At, because let me tell you something. When I was in my- Tell late, us something, Sarah. All right. I'm going to just sprinkle some more wisdom on you. <laughs> when I was oh, in- Let me just tell you something. My early teens, uh, late, early teens, late teens, early twenties, the amount of incredible- nerds that like wanted to go out with me who I didn't look twice at who are now like you know running fucking hedge funds I wanted the rocker heroin addict who was hot and performing at the viper room with a guitar okay to me that was the sexiest thing I'm sure those people are homeless now you know it's just like it, yeah. just be open to the nerd be open to the guy who just wants to like you who just wants to like give you compliments. Wants the, wants the best for you. Wants the best for you and who may be, yeah. you know, at MIT. Because let me tell you something, not <laughs> yeah. all the time, but a lot of the time later in life, you're going to go like, okay, like look how great that guy is now. Like I see it so much with friends of mine. We talk about it. We're like, oh my God, remember Gabe, the fucking dork that- <laughs> was always trying to go out with you. Well, guess what? He's now a professor at Harvard. Like whatever. He's I running the world <laughs> and he's a sweetheart, you know? I would and always great tell dad. my daughters, you be open to the nerd. I am. Um, I, I will say it again. Amazing guys are all over the apps, hidden in very mediocre, nerdy mm -hmm. profiles. Okay. Here's something that comes up for women a lot. Single, 39, want kids, how to deal with the pressure that it puts on the guys and on yourself. You go out with somebody, you like each other, you're 39. 
It's kind of moving. Are you 37 or 39? 39. I just said 39. I think you said 39. I said 39 the whole time. So you go out, you go out, you like each other. It's kind of moving slow. How do you deal with the fact that you really can't waste time? Like it does put a lot of pressure on Well, guys. you already have kids. No, oh, you want, want Sarah, kids. you're not listening to anything I'm saying. Just keep I know to I yourself. told you our therapist said to tune you out and then I forget to tune you back in okay. when it's important. Well, why don't you just, you can tune me out and just don't put in your two cents. Okay. 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 So what do you do with the pressure this puts on, on guys and on dating? Like how do you casually date when you're 39 and you want to have kids? So here's the thing. There's no easy answer to this. Taking the pressure off of yourself just a little bit. I mean, it's not going to be a good experience. You're not going to spot your person. If you are mired in so much pressure from the beginning, you're just not like, you've got to take some of it, put it on a shelf, make dating a little bit fun without losing perspective, without losing the objective. It's still okay on date three to say, yes, I do want to find my person and build a family. And what's your vision for yourself in three to five years? You should be asking that question. Don't wait till date six. Don't wait till three months later to ask that. Like, so any age, I think we need to be, you know, seeing if we're aligned. The pressure, the pressure is not an easy thing to deal with, but. This is a, this is one. Um, how and when do I tell them, I assume, you know, the person I'm dating about my medical issues, disability. And I think so many women who have stuff, right. Are like, you don't want to say on the first date. When, when is the, I would assume earlier, but you tell yeah, us. Yeah. Always earlier, always earlier. Um, you know, I had a client early on who was in a wheelchair and is in a wheelchair and he was really self-conscious and wanted to put photos up that didn't, you know, he didn't look like he was in a wheelchair. And so of course, you know, we came up with awesome photos that showed him just as he is. And he's now with somebody amazing. And whether it's dyslexia or whether whatever your issue is, whether it's physical or mental, you know, it is better to sort of weave it in earlier on, you know, I mean, I, I have a couple of clients with severe anxiety issues and they actually are weaving that in pretty early on. Like, you know, I, I, I kind of suffer with some anxiety, so I I'm nervous right now, even on this date. And I hope you're okay with that. And then it's just, it's, it's so much better to be authentic. The, these are the episodes that really hit for women because we're answering a lot of questions that people have, but are afraid to ask and don't know where to go, like to yeah. get the answers. Like this is a really, um, sensitive topic for women. I think women who are really lost in the dating world are feel shame around it. And there's just no shame around not finding your person yet at any age. Agree. Completely agree. And, and they, they don't feel like they know that they don't feel like they're doing it right. Like something doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Mm -mm. It does not mean something. No. Wrong with you. No, You're not, not supposed to meet your, your soulmate every day. You're only supposed to meet one person, right? Like you only have to get it right one time out of like hundreds of or thousands of dates that you've been on your whole life. Like you're not doing it wrong. You just haven't met your person. Um, since we've been yeah. listening to Aaron talk most of the episode, is there anything, what? Amy, you want to just like plug? You pl I don't know. Plug, tell our audience, like, can you explain to people how people can work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So everything is on my website, uh, loveamy.co, co, not com, loveamy.co. And literally my, my cell phone's on there. My email's on there. You can get a hold of me. I'll do an information session at no cost. And I'm, I'm, it's my pleasure. That's amazing. Okay. I really feel like mom needs to meet Amy. 
<gasps> okay. You guys said that in, in the first one and I would love to. But I want to ask you, our mom, mm-hmm. she's 70. Mm-hmm. She is. She looks amazing. I've seen. She, she looks amazing. She's the picture of health. She lives the healthiest lifestyle. She has done so much work on herself. Loves drugs. She has, loves mushrooms, microdosing. Amazing. She has so much to offer. And, but I think, but her Does whole thing want? is like, who wants to be with a 70 Would you ask? Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what all. she wants. I'll tell you what she wants. Okay. She wants to like, she wants to be with someone who's like, not a cowboy, but she wants to be, she's like, when I close my eyes and envision what I want my life to look like, I want to be in the mountains cooking in the kitchen, looking out the window and seeing like a vegetable garden and maybe some animals while I'm cooking and having everybody over that night to like- Is there a guy in the picture? (laughs) Yeah, no, but she's like looking out. Like the guy owns the ranch that she's on. Yeah, the guy owns the ranch. He's John Dutton. He's John Dutton. No, no, he's John Dutton. He's John Dutton minus like the murdering people. But I think this is important because I think a lot of people who are listening have parents who are single and we all want them to be- you know, we all, no one wants their parent to like be alone. Right. But it feels so out of reach for our mom to find love again. Right. Doesn't it just feel so. So let me tell you my, my a past client, Carol, who's now 65 years old, found the love of her life on match. And they are so happy. They're building a home in Connecticut. It's, it's so possible. It's just, she needs to know that it's possible. And I'll, I'm happy to speak with her, honestly. Like it's, that would be amazing. It's the whole package. I like this. Okay, let's make it happen this time. Amy, you um, continue to be so fantastic. And we had so, so, inspiring. Many, so many requests to have you back on. And Thank we're so grateful guys. to have you. We're so happy for you in your life. Thank you. And I just have to tell you guys, in all honesty, like this, the first episode up-leveled my business <gasps> to, a, it's, you don't know, I got 300 inquiries right off the bat. Oh my and God. Now, a year later, every week I still get increased from that first episode. It took, it catapulted my entire business. Oh my God. I, I, mean, I, I say, I've told Allison this a lot, but like, I want you guys to understand, like it's been so meaningful for Amy, me. Amy, that's amazing. So but, that means that you'll do your, our mom for free. <laughs> I will absolutely. But in the same breath, 100%. your episode catapulted our podcast because people were like, you were one of the earliest episodes and people were like, oh, this is a podcast that, that I want to listen to. That is going to help. That is, that is helping people, you know, cause you help people. So it's all, we feel the same way yeah. about you, which is why we Oops. wanted you back. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. And people, I, I'm sure you already know this, but like people say to me like, oh, so I listen to every single one of their episodes, like multiple times, like the cult following is so real. That's amazing. It's, That's really good for our numbers. That is really good for our numbers. That is really and and I have to say, Allison, call out. She's incredible. She's amazing. Best podcast. I think Allison Bresnick is the best. Well, I don't want to give her too much credit in the business, right? Then she might put more uh, effort into other people's podcasts. Yeah, she's the best. I mean, we don't know any other ones, but she's the best. (laughs) (laughs) I adore her. I'm obsessed. Amy, thank thank you you so 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 much for coming back. I think that we should end this with there is a song. There is a person for everyone. Everyone has a person. You just got to find them. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that too. We just have to get out of our own way and find them. Yes. Yeah. Amy, thank you so much. Okay, so part three then in the next six months. Yeah. Part part three with Amy Nobile. The the person is going to help you find love. love. Thank Thank you, you, guys. Bye. If you like this podcast, 
This podcast is executive produced by... Can you not use that voice? I'm sorry, I'm trying to sound... Yeah, but you don't need to make it sexy. This podcast is executive produced by... Do you have a normal voice? Yeah. Aaron Foster, Sarah Foster, and Allison Bresnick. Okay, I'll take over. Our Our associate producer is Montana McBearney. Our audio engineer is Josh Windish. This show is hosted by Simplecast. See, that didn't sound nice. That sounded great.